Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? This week? Yeah. Why, why are you always so surprised when I ask you the same thing every week? <laughs> I don't know. You usually say today. Okay. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you doing this week? Also fine. How are you doing this year that's been going on for 12 days? Even finer. What did you do to celebrate Nick Cage's birthday five days ago? (laughs) His birthday, I think, is on the 7th. I think I liked an Instagram post that came from, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. There's an Instagram account called I know, at I know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Sounds familiar. (laughs) It rings a bell, but that's about it. So this week we're going to be talking in short order about the movie uh, Amos and Andrew. So this movie was from 1993. It has a really convoluted plot. It's also very boring, but essentially somebody accidentally calls the cops on Samuel L. Jackson, basically because he's black, and then Nick Cage, who plays a criminal, gets mixed up in the mess and they sort of become friends. And that's it's like a buddy movie at the, at the end. <laughs> sort of, yeah. It was really weird and just boring, like I said. So he's actually, I, there's really only a few scenes throughout this movie. So my portion will hopefully go pretty quickly. But we are going to start with Hannah's portion of the show, which is where she will describe a little bit about something behind the scenes, maybe what's Nick up to at this point in his life, any other kids he has that we missed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not yet. No more kids, just the one, Weston. Should we do ratings first? No, oh, I always forget ratings. Yes. What what, what are the... Uh... They're not good. Yeah. So it has a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. And a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. 20 is low. 20 might be one of the lowest we've seen. If and you then, give me a second, I can find out which is the lowest we've seen. Yeah. And then apparently Barnes & Noble has their own rating system. <laughs> and... And the patrons of Barnes & Noble really like this movie. (laughs) So I was off mic, but I was laughing hysterically that Barnes & Noble has their own rating system. And they gave it a 4 out of (laughs) 5. That's incredible. That's they gave it a four out of five too. No wonder nobody yeah. uses their rating system. The because customers this movie of Barnes and Noble gave it a four out of five. Oh my god! Yeah, so I just I just double checked while you were telling me all about the wonderful well the wonderful you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But uh, so this movie is not the lowest rated we've seen according to Rotten Tomatoes. What was Firebirds had ten percent, and then there's a handful of movies that don't have any. And we didn't think that Firebirds was as bad as the critics made it out to be yeah i don't think it's as bad as this no or like time to kill <laughs> right <laughs> well time to kill is one of the ones that doesn't have a, a oh true rotten tomatoes didn't even have a rating. right okay so those are the ratings thank you for reminding me i always mm. forget to to do that so That's what i'm here for <laughs> so how about some uh background info on our boy the legend <clears throat> yeah so he made three movies in 93 and Deadfall yes. is the biggest movie I think that he made in 93 and that'll be in two episodes. So there are some articles that came out in 93, but they're mostly about Deadfall. So I'm going to have to just hold off until then. Gotcha. So unfortunately, not too much on Nikki Kim's life. <laughs> Nikki Kim. His <laughs> middle name is Kim, by the way. Yeah. K-I-M. 
Kimberly. <laughs> is it short for Kimberly? I don't think so. I don't so. think, I think so, it's right? just Kim. Yeah. Like he's Korean or something. Right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately not anything uh, about his personal life, but I can talk a little bit about Amos and Andrew, I guess what it's based off of. Yeah, I think I've read a little bit about it. Um, so if you can fill us in, that would be... That'd be great. It's based off of Amos and Andy? Correct. Amos and Andy was a popular American radio and TV sitcom set Mm -hmm. in Harlem. It it ran for a very long time. The original radio show ran from 1928 to 1960. Whoa. So it was created, written, and voiced by two white actors who had um, blackface. Ah, yes. I knew it was extremely considered extremely racist Mm -hmm. which is kind of a weird thing to then turn around and name your movie amos and andrew right well i think that the movie is kind of paradising paradise paradising parad parodying parodying gotcha yes (laughs) (laughs) uh a parody of a, I see. of a parody. Right. Because Amos and Andy, I guess, is paradigm. <laughs> I can't. Amos and Andy, I guess, is a parody. Okay. In itself. Okay. Hey, it's Hannah from the future. So uh, to paradise is a real thing. Uh, to compose a parody, to turn something into a parody, to satirize, to paradise. It's a real word. Thank you. Goodbye. And so this is a parody of Amos and Andy. Yeah. Is what you're gathering from what you've read. Correct. If you can read the word parodying. <laughs> parodying. So there were a few times in this movie where, pe- where white people had black face on. Yeah, they did. They kept rubbing dirt all over their faces. Right. So maybe that was to allude back to this yeah. TV sitcom radio show i don't know man i don't know either this was really tough to get through we (laughs) honestly we had to do it in two sittings we really did i we started watching it last night and i couldn't take any more of it after 40 minutes and had to just go to sleep and then try again today yeah i don't know it's just like really racially charged and it assumes that everyone every white person is racist this movie yeah. or, or the old radio show no this movie yeah no absolutely yeah i i got nothing unfortunately that's okay but i i did notice that the there's like one woman in this movie and her name is margaret collin and i what did i keep referring to her as the julie andrews looking bitch <laughs> <laughs> But I also realized that she looked like someone else, and it is... You said from Gossip Girl yeah, or something? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the girl. Yeah, it's a Blair Waldorf's mom, Eleanor, ah. from Gossip Girl. So did you recognize who the guy was? I recognized the guy, her husband, in this movie. No. And these are like minor players. Or <laughs> well, they're sort of major Michael players. Michael Lerner? Yeah, he's the snooty businessman from Elf. Elf. So we had back-to-back... Oh, yeah, last sno- week. <laughs> yeah, back-to-back snooty businessmen from Elf. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he's he's the guy in Elf that is like keeping James Caan at work on Christmas Eve. And he's like, 
son, you're going to have to wait outside because I need to hear this pitch now. He's that guy. Mm. Anybody remembers that. And then Dabney Coleman. Who's Dabney Coleman? Is that the the chief of police? Oh, I didn't recognize him from anything. Mm. But the his name's Dabney. Dabney. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But the the writer director he E something. Yeah. So he he wrote Band of Brothers, which has high critical acclaim, as well as Foxcatcher, which is the movie with Steve Carell. E Max Fry was the director of. Foxcatcher? He wrote the it. writer. He wrote it, at least. I don't know if he also directed. Hmm. But so that was the one where uh, Steve Carell wore a bunch of prosthetics and played that creepy wrestling dude. With, yeah, uh, I'm uh, familiar. Channing Tatum. Yeah. So it was nominated for a bunch of awards. I don't think that movie actually ended up winning anything. But It was good. So when we go to describe this movie, remember that the writer-director has the ability to write and direct a good movie. <laughs> Nicolas Cage and I think Samuel L. Jackson as well both have the ability to win awards for acting. I, he just drags everyone down with him, doesn't he? A little bit. Well, especially in this movie. Oh my God. I, this movie had to have been for a paycheck because isn't he already in debt? Yeah, he bought a house or he, he couldn't a, afford. Yeah, he bought a house he, he couldn't afford, so he's just trying to take a couple of movies to, to yeah. fill out his paycheck because this is not quote-unquote punk rock. Correct. Um, and actually, one thing that I read in the 93 article is that he's and then in this movie, he steals a car. Mm-hmm. But he said that in real life, he's never stolen a car, but he's had multiple cars of his stolen. <laughs> How do you have multiple cars of yours? Stolen? He's just reckless. He is reckless. Christ. He probably just leaves them with the keys in it. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe he. Maybe he did this for a paycheck to, because he just got a bunch of cars stolen. He needs a new car. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oy, what are we going to do with this guy? Why All did right. Sam Jackson do this, though? I don't know. I don't know what his credits were like up to this point, whether he's had a It's 93, man. Yeah, you'd think. When was Jurassic Park? I think that was 94. That was one of his first big movies. Laura Dern, she's in that. You're damn right she is. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neill, let's just talk about all the people who are in Jurassic Park. But I mean, I'm I know, saying I'm kidding, that I'm kidding. Nick Cage just started two movies technically yes. with Laura Dern. Oh, God, Industrial Symphony, that barely <laughs> yeah. counts. It's not a movie. Which, by the way, I don't think I mentioned on this podcast that you and I had an argument on this podcast about <laughs> would you ever watch this movie again and i kind of thought about it i was like i don't know it's so weird maybe i would watch industrial symphony number one the tale of the broken hearted again because it's so weird and you said absolutely not i will never watch this filth ever again and then i turn around i'm doing the dishes downstairs at home the other day and what do i hear out of the living room <laughs> Oh, what is that noise? It's the from Industrial Symphony number one, Tale of the Hannah put on Industrial Symphony. No, I didn't. I didn't. As a joke. You put it on. Yeah. You're not telling the full story. That's the full story. How is that? Yeah. What more to the story? There's no context there. uh, There was no context. Exactly. That's the point. That's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> you put it on. I put it on to mess with you. Right. And that's what I said. Would you ever watch this movie again? You said, absolutely not. I said, I would put it on again because I think it's weird. I didn't put the movie on. I put a clip <laughs> from it on YouTube. <laughs> Touche, I guess. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's just talk about this trash. <laughs> Christ, I'm just trying to delay it because I don't want to talk about this movie. We just, I mean, we say this every time, but we could just like breeze right through. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the first time we see Nick Cage in this movie is he's in his jail cell. So I think I mentioned earlier, he's a criminal in this movie. He's in his jail cell and it's during kind of like a montage. They're playing that song, uh, Somewhere Beyond the Sea. Wait, you're not even going to talk about what happens in the beginning of the movie? We're just going to... What? What do you mean? What like happens? Just going to go I'm straight to Nick Cage? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, we'll have to provide color around it because Nick Cage is right. not in every scene. There are some movies where he's in every scene, right, but he's right, not right. really in everyone. But Exactly. So he's doing like a headstand in his cell. And then he, he ends up while... So it's cutting back and forth between stuff going on with Sam Jackson that we'll talk about in a second. But it cuts back and forth between Sam Jackson and Nick Cage. I think he's just hanging upside down. I don't think he's... Like, he's, he's doing a handstand. Him. Is he's, he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. He's, well, he was on his forearms. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, well, I know. He then convinces the guards, I guess, to give him his phone call. And he <laughs> takes his phone call. And first of all, he's got his sleeves rolled up. And he's got oh, a tattoo, tattoo. And it's a four like billiard ball it's a four and then underneath it says play so he's got a four play four play tattoo. <laughs> oh my god I hate him. So, so he's got this blonde mop and a gold tooth and just and when i say blonde mop i mean hair i don't know if that was clear or not to you Han. to me yeah <laughs> so he's making his phone call and instead of calling a lawyer or somebody to come pick him up he orders a pizza to <laughs> to the supreme yeah uh, yeah supreme combo or something like that let's see all right yeah we have to talk about what happens with sam jackson before we move on to the next nick cage scene so sam jackson we find out throughout the course of the movie he's this pulitzer prize winning writer which don't you love when a writer writes the main character as an award-winning writer? You know, this has happened several times already, hasn't it? I don't remember. Okay, thank you for the help. (laughs) (laughs) I'm useless today. (laughs) So, anyway, he's this award-winning writer, and he decides, I guess, to get away from the hustle and bustle of New York City and buys, like, a house on, is it on Long Island somewhere? Like, I don't know. It doesn't say. Yeah. Anyway, so they, because they keep. Oh, New England. New New England. England. So, but they keep calling it the island. So it's a small community. Everybody knows everybody, but everybody's only there in the certain seasons. So uh, Sam Jackson buys this house in the island and he goes in, he's setting up his stereo and these two old racist bitches. What was Gossip Girl's name? Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl and the guy from Elf. (laughs) <laughs> they're walking their dog and they're like oh it looks like bobby and laurie are back from wherever the fuck and they see sam jackson inside and because he's black and holding a stereo they're like a oh a thief and they call the cops and this whole movie kicks off with just this astounding blinding blinding amount of racism just right off the bat so the cops get all like they start surrounding the house. They're like, "Oh man, of course there's a there's a black guy in there, so it must be a burglar." So they surround the house, and then that's when the first cop comes out of the woods, 
and it's nighttime, so he puts dirt all over his face, and he's like, what? It's night ops, but it really looks like blackface. It's just blackface. It's blackface, basically. That guy's the worst, too. The yeah. Guy, the first guy to put whatever blackface on yeah. is he's absolutely like, the worst character in this entire movie. Yeah, there's a couple of cops in this movie that are like these bumbling idiots, it, namely him and the chief. See, bumbling idiots makes me can like try to consider what genre i would put this movie in yeah because i feel like they try really hard i mean we'll get into this more but like i feel mm-hmm. like they try really hard to make this somewhat comedic yeah or like a buddy movie like <laughs> right. i said but it's, it's about not. racism yeah and it's not funny no it's not funny at all we didn't like <laughs> laugh once out of something that they said we just laughed at you know. Nick Cage's delivery of exactly. lines and then something incredible that happens at the end of the movie. <laughs> I don't even know if I remember that. Oh, you but, remember. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. I'll, I'll probably have to jog my own memory. But but yeah, so anyway, the cops are surrounding the house and Sam Jackson decides to go out to his car and he's got one of those key fobs that if you hit a little button, the key swings out so it's almost like a switchblade. So he does that and the blackface dumbass cop sees that and stands up and starts firing his gun at sam jackson because he's like oh it's a black guy with a knife or something and then they turn that into oh it's a black guy with a gun and then so sam jackson runs inside and then getting they just back start, like shooting up his house yeah they start oh absolutely they're just raining Destroying fire on this it. house yeah, yeah. raining fire so to get back to our boy, Nicolas Cage, the chief has a brilliant idea because he suddenly finds out that, oh, it's actually not a burglar or anything. It's just some award-winning writer that everybody loves. So his idea is to go back to the jail, get Nicolas Cage to put on blackface, basically, rub dirt all over his face, go inside, hold Sam, Jas- hold Sam Jackson hostage, and then the cops will just come in and grab Nicolas Cage and put him back in jail. So the next time we see him is he's in the police car right as the pizza gets there for the Supreme Combo or whatever it was. And then that's when they're kind of explaining the whole the whole uh, deal that's going to go down. The scheme. The whole scheme. Will. Thank you. Which makes absolutely no sense. No. And what does Nick get out of this? I guess they were like, uh, we'll, we'll lighten your sentence a little bit or something like that if you help us out with this. But that's never really clearly stated. No. No. <laughs> no. So they're at Samuel L. Jackson's house and he, Nick Cage gets inside with a gun with some blanks and he ties up Sam Jackson and he's like, hey, do you have any beer in the house? And he goes and grabs a beer. And this is probably the only contestant, one of the main contestants for Nouveau Shamanic Moment. Because you remember how he drank the beer? He like put his head back and then shook his oh, head yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little odd. And then he's like, ah, so you're some famous writer. What did you write? And Sam Jackson goes, I wrote a play called Yo Brother, Where Art Thou? <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, uh, they're trying to connect with each other, and they're talking about certain ailments and things like that. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, I have hay fever. And Nick Cage is like, I'm allergic to, to fresh grass. cut grass. Okay. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, it's a nice watch. 
that you're wearing there, Samuel L. Jackson. And he steals his watch, like, for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And then... He's like, you're my hostage. I may as well take your watch. Yeah. And then, uh, so he goes to take, you know, Sam Jackson hostage, and they walk outside. He's got him at gunpoint. And this is probably one of the best yells. He just yells basic, basically to the cops. All right, listen up! A one million dollars! And, uh, and a helicopter! Why, blow him away! Thank you! <laughs> So he's got a little pause, and then he says, thank you. And I think it's pretty funny. I love that. Yeah. So we find out he's from Pittsburgh, which I wrote down because Hannah and I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, and that was really it. So then the police chief comes in. At least he didn't try an accent. Oh, my God. Can like you he, imagine like how the he tried, Yenzer accent? Oh, my God. Like how he tried the Philly accent in Vampire's oh, Kiss. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was his whole, oh, don't you know. Oh, oh. go home. <laughs> dead so he has another scream here after the police chief comes into the house the chief's like all right jigs up i'm gonna grab you now and the police chief calls samuel L. jackson the n-word so uh four times four times throughout the course of the movie that word is spoken four times that word is okay i thought the chief called him that four times i think he calls him it three times oh, out of the four times that it's spoken. <laughs> okay so the, the scuffle. In 1993. Right, yeah, which is pretty late for that kind of stuff. All of this is, it's pretty late. Yeah. For all of this to yeah, be happening. Yeah, yes. So the police chief comes in and then because he says the N-word, Samuel L. Jackson knocks him out with a, like a frying pan skillet type thing. So what they decide to do is to handcuff them, take all the stuff off of the chief. They handcuff themselves to each other. And they decide to go next door with now a loaded gun and the walkie-talkies and all that stuff. So they go next door, and the neighbors next door turns out to be the... Gossip girl. Gossip girl and the douchebag from Elf. (laughs) And the... They're not home, though. They're not home because they're out being racists. (laughs) Yeah. In front of the news cameras. They're They're out doing racist things. Yeah, yeah. With the reporters. Yeah, it was right around here where we had to take a break. Uh, so this is the rest that we've watched tonight. Yeah. So they. So I have a better memory of this. Yeah, yeah. So they get inside the house. The dog is barking at Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson's like, oh, the dog is racist. And they have a conversation about that. That's what this movie is, is it's just them doing one thing and then having a long conversation about it. They do one thing, then have a conversation. They do like one the thing, conversation they're about to have, right? So ended, they, oh my God. They try to steal the car that's in the garage, but they can't find the car keys. So they're looking throughout the house and Nick Cage <laughs> looks in the woman's underwear drawer and like smells all the underwear. I think that's what that was. Doesn't he find like bondage stuff? Yes. He also found bondage stuff, and then like Sam, S&M stuff. Samuel Jackson says like white people or something like that. <laughs> he does, yeah. And Nick's like, oh, no car keys in there. So, so Gossip Girl and the douchebag from Elf are into bondage. Yeah, and drugs apparently too because oh, like, he there's finds a, a joint. Doobie. Yeah, and so this is where they're having a long conversation about sea monkeys. They yeah. Just have this conversation. Honest, honest to God. I should have set a timer because I'm pretty sure that conversation <laughs> lasted seven, eight minutes. It was a long, like a monologue 
from Nick Cage about sea monkeys. But like a seven-minute monologue. (laughs) (laughs) So they have an argument about something, or I, I don't even know, but he has a good scream here. He says, hey, don't talk to me about lying. I don't even know who he says that to. And I think he says it in a funny way. Yeah, he also says something right before that in a very Peggy Sue kind of voice where he's mm. like, ew. Don't, it, somebody was like, do you think you should do that? And he's like, ooh, do you think I should do that? Mm. It was kind of one of those. Like mocking. Yeah, yeah. And then he screams the, hey, don't take that, or don't talk to me about lying. And then he says something funny too where he's like, so his deal with the cops is for a million dollars in a helicopter. So he says, Give me my, I guess he's on the walkie talkie and he's like, give me my money and my chopper and be quick about it. He says quick, really loudly. I don't know. You laughed. So I wrote it down. Yeah. Then try to find some of these clips so we can listen to it now so that our reactions make better sense. Gotcha. Hold on. Well, what if I told you we weren't in the house? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why that? Hey! Don't talk to me about lying! What a... What a stupid line, though. Yeah. Hey, don't talk to me about lying. Yeah. This guy's an Academy Award-nominated writer. <laughs> God. This whole movie, I think, is really poorly written. I think that's one of the, the biggest problems they with had, this movie. I mean... Oh, the performances are totally phoned in. The directing is nothing special. But I think the writing is what is particularly bad in this movie. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> uh what was the line he says after that then get me my money and my chopper and be quick about it Ew. Mm. <laughs> give me my money and my chopper and be quick about it <laughs> <laughs> so whiny little bitch <laughs> <laughs> whiny little bitch so shortly after that scene is just another boring scene where he's trying to tie a tie and samuel L. jackson's tying it for him Samuel L. Jackson just telling him this boring story about my father grew up from nothing. It's and... his sea monkey story. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's another equi- seven. It's the equivalent of Nick Cage's sea monkey story. Yeah. So then Nick Cage gets on the phone and he orders another pizza. He's so hungry. He still hasn't eaten. This Can you poor blame guy. him? Ah, this poor thing. <laughs> Starving. So while he's ordering the pizza, the racist couple walks back into their own home and they're like, ah, hey, we're looking for the keys. And and then they find, I don't even know how to explain this. And I don't even know if I have to, but they find a videotape on the person of the guy. The <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I just sound really stupid? I think I did. The elf guy, the guy from Elf. He has a videotape on him. Yeah. I but- think. It was on him. Wasn't it originally on the person of the police chief? Oh, it was on the police chief. Because later on, he That's like feels his chest and he realizes that it's gone. But yeah. how how did that dude get it? How did Elf get it? Elf didn't get it. So I mistook it. So what happened was he Nick Cage finds out what the Elf guy's name is. <laughs> and it's something Gilman. And he's like, Gilman, that name sounds familiar. And it was written on the tape. But where did he find the tape? The tape was on the chief. He got it from the chief. Why did he take it from the chief? Not clear. <laughs> Why would he take it from the chief? He took the gun, the handcuffs, the walkie-talkie. 
so he just into videotape. He didn't just grab everything because there was probably a shitload of other stuff he could like have taken. Like a wallet. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did. Oh, so Samuel L. Jackson took the, I think he took the badge. I don't I know. Have no idea, Steve. I, this was not terrible. a clue. This was a terrible movie. <laughs> we immediately forgot it. <laughs> we also watched a version that was like in mirror image and incredibly <laughs> zoomed in. Yeah. So you could only see half of the frame. Yeah, I think it's a way that like whoever posted this video on YouTube, they tried to get around copyright laws. So they mirrored it. And, yeah. then and we sure like, as hell weren't paying to watch this movie. Hell so. no. We saw one that was like rented it was for $15. 14, yeah, $14.99. That's ridiculous. I could think of so many things that I could pay. F- f- that could, wow. That I could buy with 14 All right. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> what is this podcast doing to us we're dying I'm so dumb i feel like i just get dumber each week yeah we're almost done i spent all my free time watching nick cage movies like i'm not reading anymore <laughs> no nah. not educating myself no nah. Ugh. So anyway, all right, yeah, proceed. Yeah, so he he's finds a videotape, and Elf guy's like, "Oh no, don't put that on." And Nick says, "What's on this, Phil? Something kinky?" Mm. Yeah, that was a good line. So if I can find it, I'll insert it there. If not, just enjoy me saying it. Then the pizza girl shows up, and oh my god, this pizza girl! I can't. This is oh God. So first of all, she's seventeen. Second of, no all, sense. second of all, she got there on a bicycle and Nick was hoping that she would show up in a truck so that, so that he, he could, could take the truck a stowaway. because he still can't find the keys to the car for Phil's car, the dude from Elf. But the dude from, the dude from Elf. <laughs> so, but he the, inexplicably, the pizza girl is just immediately attracted to Nick Cage. Just enamored by him. He's got this horrible hair. He's he, a gold tooth, people. He's got a shotgun. He's holding up three people. Yeah, and, also that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then her first line to him was, oh my God, you look better in person than you did on TV. I saw you on the news. So she knows that he is holding people yeah. hostage. And she's Moist. Like, she's just... She's <laughs> wet for she's, him. She's crazy for him. <laughs> So, I'm 17. Yeah, she's He's like, like oh. oh, how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she fucks off after leaving the pizza or whatever with her bicycle. Then, and wait, you what? fucking forgot the what? most important part of the interaction. What is? She takes the tape with her. Oh, that's it's not important yes it is she takes the videotape which is the confession well not the confession oh yeah we didn't even explain what was on the we suck we're so bad at this we're bad at podcasting i'm sorry Sorry, people yelled in the mic but so on the so the tape is the uh, original the racist couple like before nick cage even got involved and it's them being racist on tape going well when you see a black man with a stereo in his hand you know something's wrong. And then that was... The chief's like... It hey, just... It, whatever. It's, it's like, nothing. I the, hate this movie. Well, like, the 
police force is trying to cover this whole thing up and that would just expose them is right. like all you need to know. Thank so you. So now, you're welcome. <laughs> so now, this pizza bitch is yeah. in, like she has it on her. Yeah. So, and Nick Cage tells her to like give it to a reporter, like yeah. the first reporter she sees. So yeah. Ugh. Eventually she does that. Yeah. So let's tear through the rest. Mm. <laughs> he he ties up the racists with their own S and M equipment, and <laughs> yeah. they find the key to the car. This be- is so dumb. Because the key to the car, Sam Jackson realizes that it's one of those switchblade keys, and which was a novelty, I guess, in nineteen ninety three. I guess I think my parents have one of those keys for one of their cars, like current day. Uh, so does my dad. Yeah. So then. They're about to get in the car, and Nick Cage says something along the lines of, oh, it's like Amos and Andy. And then they have this long argument about race and what it's like to be black and what it's like to be white. And they start fighting because race in the front yard. And the fight stops because Samuel L. Jackson bites Nick's, Nick Cage's hand. And then Nick Cage starts sneezing because he's like, ooh, fresh cut grass. And that's that's pretty much that. His face when he sneezed. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Cage gets in the car. The road's blocked. And Samuel L. Jackson's just trying to walk home. But meanwhile, the police chief called in some guy who's got bloodhounds. So the hounds start going after Sam Jackson. Nick Cage picks him up. Yeah, because every dog in this movie is racist. Apparently. (laughs) So, So Nick Cage drives over and grabs Samuel L. Jackson. And they're driving and they see, I don't even know how it happened, but Samuel L. Jackson's house is now on fire. And then the civil rights movement comes. Oh my God, the whole civil rights, there was like this, I don't know, pastor or something There's in a different like a town. like a full church. From New York. And he's like, we've got to go save our brother. And then they all just get in the bus. They like storm New England. Inexplicably. And the guy who's the pastor is the guy who owns the El Pollo uh, Loco or whatever it is from Breaking Bad. The chicken, oh, the chicken like, stores in real life. El Pollo Armano, I think it is. The Chicken Brothers. I thought you meant in real life. No, 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 <laughs> no, not in real life. <laughs> I was like, "What? How do you know this?" <laughs> yeah. So they're driving around. They see the houses on fire. The hounds are still following him. They catch up to them, and they have the police chief's badge on them. So they give the scent of the badge to the hounds. That's what happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that at all so, so the <laughs> i hounds, thought he just ran away so the hounds go after the police chief there's a quick continuity error and then oh my god <laughs> the police chief there's like a scene where he's got glasses on and, and one lens is missing and, and then, then they pa- show him again and the lens is in <laughs> yeah and, and then like, they show him again and the lens is missing show him again the lens is there and yeah then it's the next morning they're samuel L. jackson and dick cage are on a ferry with their car with the stolen car and Samuel L. Jackson. The wind is sweeping Nick's oh, fine hair. It really is. And he's like, uh, hey, man, thanks for driving me to my wife. And Samuel L. Jackson meets up with his wife and he's like, you can keep the watch. And Nick's like, thanks, bro. He literally says, thanks, bro. And, and then Sam says, you're welcome, brother. Yeah, because they're brothers because Nick Cage held him hostage <laughs> yeah. for most of the movie with a real gun. Right. And then, yeah. And then what happens, Steve? Then Nick Cage looks at himself in the mirror. He says, yow, okay, Canada, here I come. And he heads south on <laughs> 95. 
and the credits start to roll. And what happens then, Steve? And then my favorite thing in the entire world. This is what world, I was referring to before. This that is, you were like, I don't remember what happens oh, at the end yeah. of this movie. Uh, and I'm like, uh, oh, it's I, the best word. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like a plot point. This isn't a plot uh, point. It is, though. It's the whole plot. <laughs> well, the most 90s thing. Think of something that's so quintessentially 90s that happens in a movie. And it happens. Not just any rapper. But Sir Mix-a-Lot raps the plot of the movie. He raps the plot of the movie at the end. It's we'll some amazing. It's some amazing Will Smith shit. It's my favorite thing. It's sick. I love it. I love it. And <laughs> I listened I, to it twice. <laughs> yeah, and I think it might be uh, Childish Gambino or, or Donald Glover, but I I forget who it is. But somebody's like, it's that old school rap where it's just. So I went down to the hat store and I bought myself a hat. You know, it's just that kind of really simple rap that. You can check- Oh, so good mwah. though. Yeah, I was I gonna love say. It. I love it. Love it. Ooh, ooh. I'm reinvigorated chills. for this movie. Got chills. Literal chills. <laughs> Literal chills. All right, let's let's get on yeah. with this. So, awards, best supporting actor. Oh, so we neglected to mention this part, but mm. another quirky aspect of this movie. Whoa, so zany, so so fun. Was the uh, negotiator? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that guy. He has a small role in Seinfeld. He's one of the NBC executives who falls in love with Elaine, but no one cares. Just talk about this. <laughs> but he—he's like the hostage negotiator or something. So he calls the house, and I guess Nick, Nick Cage or somebody answers the phone, and then just sets the phone down. So he thinks he's talking to somebody, and he's just kind of talking to nobody for. I, presumably hours <laughs> and he's like well i always thought that i'd like to have a dog but i grew up with a cat instead and he just you and i are not so different yeah are we? and he's just talking to like essentially nobody the chief is tied up in he the room tells he tells his sea monkey story <laughs> oh my god he does <laughs> so um so is that the best supporting actor is that guy sure okay <laughs> i'm fine with that i don't give a shit Oh, wait, no, pizza bitch. Oh, the pizza, the pizza driver. Okay, all right, fine. That's good, too. Best dressed. What was his best dressed scene? Oh, man. He didn't really have much. I mean, he put Oh, on... wait, how about him, like, trying to put on a tie? Yeah, the tie, and then he put on, like, it's like an oversized blazer with it. With that uh, gold tooth? With the gold tooth and those red sunglasses. Pretty solid. Like, at the end when he's I'm, like... I'm turned on just thinking about it. <laughs> Moist. Ew. Worst scene. Fucking sea monkeys. The sea monkeys bit. Are you kidding? Yeah. Can you think of something worse than that? No, that was pretty bad. (laughs) That was pretty bad. What about the best scene? I think the the negotiation scene. Where? The one. The one that we played the clips from? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good too. I'm fine with that. Best scream. Is it in that scene or is it his first scream where he's screaming about the negotiations? It's probably the one that we played remind me again what the first scream was 
It was uh, it was basically that I just, need a copper and a oh uh, uh, yeah uh, chopper. Yeah, copper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, listen up. I want a million dollars in a helicopter, or I will blow them up. Thank mm. you. Yeah. No. No, nah, it's the other one. Yeah. Don't you come any closer? Or no, no. Uh, hey, hey, don't, <laughs> don't talk to me, me about lying. <laughs> don't tell me yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> because that didn't need to be screamed. <laughs> no, it the really other one didn't. made sense because he's yeah. far away. Yeah. This one, he's on a walkie-talkie. He didn't need to yell that. Right, right. <laughs> and most nouveau shamanic moment. It's between I the think beer from, drinking. It's beer drinking, or it's the way he held the shotgun. He would like <laughs> re- he would hold it over his arm like a mater D would hold a bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah. So Imagine. it's one of those two things, I guess. He did some uh, the way he sneezed too. Yeah. Oh, I like the I like the way that he held the shotgun. <laughs> all right, we can do that. And then especially what's even better is too. We also looked up the music video for Sir Mixalot's Suburban Night. Close enough. <laughs> Suburban Nightmare, which is the name of the song. That's the plot of this movie. We should have honestly just played the song. Yeah. Uh, if you you know what, <laughs> it's too late now. Just listen to the song. But yeah, just listen yeah. to the song. You don't have to listen to any more of this. But in that video, music, the compilation, he was holding his hands like Nick Cage was holding the shotgun. And it was incredible. All right. That's it for the Nick Cage Awards. Rankings. Where are we putting this one? Towards the bottom, obviously. Yeah, definitely. All right. So the bottom up goes. Industrial. It's uh, Industrial Time to Kill Boy in Blue. Zandali, Wild at Heart. So I think Zandali and Wild at Heart are better. I would put this above Boy in Blue, though. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So it's towards the bottom. It's boring. Yeah. But his, I mean, his performance was better than it was in Boy in Blue. And Time to Kill, for yeah. sure. <laughs> More cagey, for sure. And the plot. He, I mean, he plays this type of character well. Yeah. Criminal. It's like an ex, yeah. Yeah. Like a whatever career criminal yeah definitely yeah all right i think that's gonna just about do it next week we are going to watch a movie called red rock west never heard of that no me neither but apparently the week after next is going to be a good movie uh i don't know if it's good i just know (laughs) that there's a lot on it well red rock west has that we're watching next week has a 70 uh something on rotten tomatoes i think actually no it says 95 which is insanely high. So, uh, what? Coppola? Guess who directs Deadfall? Is it Coppola? Yeah, it's Chris Coppola. You know oh, who Chris Coppola is? No, who is Chris Coppola? Nikki Kim's daddy. His dad? Pretty sure. What? No, no, no. Oh, I was My bad. Say, My I, bad. Is it like it's his, his uncle? Cousin? I think August okay. Coppola was his dad. Yes, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. No, no problem. That w- that would have been crazy though. <laughs> oh wait, what? Chris Coppola is Nick Cage's brother. Oh, I got all this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll figure it all out next week. He has two brothers. Okay. That it? Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? His grandfather's okay. name is Italia. Ooh. Or that might be his grandma. Yeah, it's probably his Yeah, grandma. it's his grandma. And then his grandfather's name is Carmine. Wow. And now you know far too much about this man.
And you know what you also know? What's that? Uh, you also know why the Nick Cage bird sings. <sighs> Goddamn. Didn't even see that one. All right. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> that's it.